There's so few people get a chance to be around presidents of the United States. And so you had that opportunity. And as you see the coverage, there's all these amazing stories about this man, just how great of a character man he was, his, his relationship, I mean, all these things. But I think it's always fun to hear stories that nobody knows. So what are some stories you can share with us that maybe nobody really knows about George H.W. Bush? Well, you know, there's a couple that, I mean, I have so many. You know, I had the privilege, as you, as you said, to work for him uh, for seven years, four of those in the White House when I actually was working for then Vice President Quayle, but my career started with uh, then Vice President Bush. So one of my favorites that I was telling somebody the other day was, you know, every way that the president for the most part was described in terms of the way he treated people, I mean, there, was, there were, are very few Secret Service protectees that are out there that have had the relationship like President Bush and Mrs. Bush, the same with 43, and of course my old boss, Vice President Quayle. And it's because of the way they treat him. So uh, when he was Vice President, there was a, um, it was a Saturday, and at that time, right outside the front door of the Vice President's residence was a Secret Service post. So when you opened the door, there was, uh, you know, an agent standing there. And he came out and, mm -hmm. and he said, uh, hey, Jim, uh, how you fixed for uh, underwear? <laughs> and um, the agent just kind of looked at him strangely and laughed. And he said, well, you know, check with the fellas. Uh, the Sears is having a sale on underwear and I'd like to go down there and just see if any, you know, if the guys need, you know, need any. It's a good sale. And then he said, but you just tell me when you guys are ready. The reason that's important is, again, that's how George H.W. Bush treated people that he worked with, wor that worked for him, worked around him. Because it's even as a vice president, it's a big ordeal to just come out and say, I want to go to Sears. There's police cars that have to become, you know, because nothing was scheduled. And then the agents have to get their vehicles ready and you have to do all this. Whereas I can tell you uh, some of the protectees would, would have come out and said, okay, get the car, I'm going to Sears, you know. And so that, that's one of them. Another one I, I cherish was uh, I was doing a rally for him in Texas somewhere, and it was a big barbecue, big, big area. And, and he, said, um, he said, Craig, that, that smells pretty good. Would you get me a tray of that and a couple of beers and put it in the back of that limo? And so I said, you know, absolutely, sir. So, you know, there's a lot of stories like that, and those are the kinds of stories you're talking about that people don't, but you know, know about. But I wanted to point out something you said that I think is always interesting, and it it may not just be President Bush, but let's just take the President Bush situation. All of these, uh, all the coverage from all the media that has gone on since Friday night when he passed has all been about those stories you referenced and what a great guy he is and all of all of that. And that's all true. I mean, it's all so true and, and even, even more true than I can explain to you. But prior to his death, and certainly when he was in office, you didn't see those kinds of, that kind of coverage of him. And the man has never changed. He <clears throat> was the most gentle, kind, uh, and, and I say the most prepared to be president that we've ever had, at least in, in modern day history. His greatest 
character trait to you was what? Uh, I think uh, trust. Uh, you know, he um, he was always upfront and honest. I think he um, the way he treated people was probably one of his best. But he, what was interesting to watch over the years is the way he treated you and I was really how he built uh, relationships with foreign leaders. So, I mean, he was just the kind of guy that you'd want to be around and sit around and joke and talk and talk politics or sports. And, and so just a man of <clears throat> tremendous character and, uh, you know, I think was a, a very good leader of this country. Um, so you mentioned trust. What do you think made him a great leader? Well, I think his ability to build the relationships. Hmm. I mean, and I talk mainly, well, mainly I'm talking about foreign leaders, but even members of Congress. Remember, when we were in office, the, the Republicans did not control either house. And so he had to build those relationships. Uh, Vice President Quayle, uh, coming right out of the Senate, was, was clearly somebody that helped him uh, navigate that. But when he built these relationships with foreign leaders that because of his r resume and everything that he had done, you know, he kind of knew some of them to start with, but he built it, he built that and cultivated those relationships. And clearly that's one reason why he had, you know, all of the countries stand behind him in the first Gulf War. You mentioned the media. I'll talk more about that in a moment. But I mean, when you're president, you got so much coming at you. You're making major decisions all the time. He had a lot of major decisions, especially when it comes to foreign policy. Were you ever in the room with him when he was making some of these major decisions? And what was his sort of process, would you say? Or how did he go about it? No, I, I wouldn't say that I was at the level, Chris, where I was actually in the room. But I knew people that were in the room, and I heard the stories. And, and one of the things that I watched very carefully was the preparation for the first Gulf War. Mm. And I could tell from being around him at certain times uh, the preparation that was going into it. Of course, he had very strong military leaders. Uh, General Schwarzkopf was, you know, as you recall, kind of ran that first war on the ground. He had a great relationship with him. But you could tell it weighed on him very heavily. And another thing I'll never forget is the night that the war started. I was in my office that was next to the White House in the old executive office building, which is a part of the White House grounds. And I looked out and I saw um, Secretary Cheney, Secretary of Defense arrive, a number of other generals and uh, different folks. And then I saw Billy Graham arrive. And I then later heard on the Secret Service radio that uh, the vice president and Mrs. Quayle and the Bushes were going to the president's residence. And that is when Billy Graham came in and set up a, a prayer. And, and then, you know, within probably 30, 40 minutes, an hour, I don't remember the, you know, we were shooting the Patriot missile was shooting down Scud missiles. And, you know, and he had, so he had built that coalition that was just unbelievable. Well, Thank you so much to Mr. Whitney for coming in and sharing some of those incredible stories with us. I got to sat there for an hour. He had so many more memories to share. There is more to the interview. We're hopefully going to put it up on our Facebook page. But I also want to let you know that Mr. Whitney is going to be heading down 
uh, to Houston for the funeral on Thursday. So he'll be around the Bush family again as well. Hopefully he will take some time to cherish that time with the Bush family. All right.